Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Well, good morning. It's Wednesday, November 11th. Your fun fact for today, November 11th, 1930, Albert Einstein and one of his students, again, just like Russ, I'm not going to try to pronounce this last name, but I'm going to call him Leo because that's his first name. Leo S. We'll go with that. Uh, They were awarded a patent for their invention called the Einstein refrigerator. The Einstein refrigerator is an absorption refrigerator, which has no moving parts, operates at constant pressure and requires only a heat source to operate. The three, three working fluids inside the design are water, ammonia, and butane. This is not the modern refrigerator that we use, is it, guys? Uh, no. I, I don't You're supposed know. to know everything about the Einstein refrigerator, <laughs> first of all. I do not know anything about the Einstein refrigerator. Also, I'm looking at the name, the other name, and I think you should try pronouncing it. Sillard? Sillard. Sillard. That's it. We're going with that. Zillard? Nailed it. Zillard. So Zillard. 100% nailed it. It's uh, in at least American English, and I'm fairly certain this is true of all forms of English. S-E-I is not an easy one for us to roll off the tongue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it can't be. So it can't be the so. normal uh, one. Yeah, because later in the article, it talks about in 2008, there were some electrical engineers at Oxford's, uh, at Oxford University's engineer and power group. Uh, that they tried to revive this concept, the Einstein refrigerator, in Constant an attempt pressure. to produce no, no, okay, so no I, electricity I was, refrigerator suitable for use in rural areas. Right. I was going to say, I, I guess I wasn't listening closely when you say it. When you mentioned the name, I started looking it up and, and couldn't hear all your words. Yay for multitasking. But no, uh, modern refrigerators, what we have everywhere, A, is electricity. I think that's probably yeah, the biggest difference. Yeah, this does not. Yeah. And also, they do not operate at constant pressure. Right, that's uh, your your very loud component inside your refrigerator is the compressor unit. That's what's taking most of that electricity, and it's usually compressing a compressible gas, like in the old days, freon. Now, less environmentally yeah. hateful things, and then it's the change in pressure in the system that actually put heat out and make yeah. things cool in. So that's that's a very different system. That's cool. No moving yeah, the, parts. Uh, patent- drawing diagram is actually pretty cool to look at okay absorption refrigerator that's cool man all right let's move off of that uh what news you guys got i i have to i'd be remiss if i didn't mention so we're not obviously we're not here on thursdays which was november 10th but there were two very important things that happened on november 10th uh in history for from a tech perspective one of them was november 10th 2001 who wants to guess what it was I guarantee, I guarantee <laughs> at least one of you had one of these. Palm Pilot. Uh, mini disc. Um, 2001. TI, uh, not 83. <laughs> what so if I, I called know. it the day that music was reborn? <gasps> Napster or MP3s? Ooh, getting close. iPod. The iPod oh, shipped oh, yeah. for the very first okay. time uh, on okay. November had, 10th, I, 2001. Yeah. No, I had that, the original was, iPod. Yep. Yeah, so did I. Uh, in that, that was quite the sea change in that. Because I had I had gone through, you know, the, the phases of MP3s, which was, you know, I think I literally started with them on CDs, then went to mini discs because they had better compression options and you could actually squeeze 
as you much in world music. I did. For oh, a mini while. discs were I great. I love had... mini discs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I went. Them. It was it was a short phase with mini disc, but it was it was easier to bring more music with me. So I had I had the high density mini disc, and I had like I had um, I want to say I got it used, but I actually had a mini disc recording station, like one of the recording decks where you could, you know put one in, you could copy it. It was it yeah. was interesting. It was a weird. It was a super weird phase for me because I didn't do that with very many audio equipment waves yeah. i guess because I, I don't think i was ever as into cds but maybe, maybe that's wrong because the that, cds like all the burning and stuff like that it came on the pc side so i think i just attribute that part of was my, that early middle school for you uh anyway no it, it, i don't, it, I don't it think it was it was, it was, it was for me later in, it was high school i think you're one or two years older than i am Tyler, I think. Yeah, so like I that. was in it, middle school when, when yeah, I, had I was it, in like, I was in high school because mine carried through. Dude, my college roommate probably was more into mini disc than I was at the time, which was surprising. Um, he had he had some other equipment too. So the I I was more yeah more high school for sure. But also I think I used mini disc a little later, um, hmm. because I had the equipment. You know, I had the mobile player, I had the the deck and stuff like that. And uh, and I had been using MP3s since well Napster, so yeah. well before well, the most. Other than my phone, uh, which I have with me all of the time now, the mini disc player was the only music playing device that I kept with me basically at all times. That's awesome. Um, I used it for okay. years, and and there are yeah. people who could attribute this, or like they they could back me up on this because there are people who yell at me how often I had that <laughs> thing with me. That's crazy. Okay. Because I, I mean, I distinctly remember from my childhood only knowing one person that I ever saw with a mini disc, and now both of you me. guys are saying that you used it. It was for me, <laughs> since he might have seen me um, in those years. <laughs> and, All right, and, and to close this out, I, I, I never did have an iPod. Um, the other thing mm. that uh, that was very interesting here, and and probably a bigger deal, was November tenth, nineteen eighty three. A small company named I'm going to butcher this name. Microsoft formally <laughs> announces Windows, a graphical user interface for Microsoft DOS-based uh, systems. Wait, what's that again? I, I don't know. It's something to do with uh, a change in, the, right. in the, the way that we put viewports in homes, I guess. Is, this, is it like a yeah. printer enhancer or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it was something like that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was very oh, oh, this is Dude, the application that let printers. you print those dragon banners. <laughs> Ton. Dude, speaking of printers, um, <laughs> I was reading an article last night. HP is now requiring a monthly fee in order to use your in-home printer. Yeah, that seems oh, fine. No problem. <laughs> because printers already weren't fee. annoying enough. <laughs> Are right. you kidding me? No, dead serious. Dead serious. Yeah, like you just said, Russ, they weren't already annoying enough. Now you have to like ask your spouse if they remember to pay the printer bill. Yeah, let's talk about print. this for a moment. Printers are the worst Why? technology in existence. They always break. Like you get a new printer and you bring it home and it prints oh, like four pieces of paper and then it's out of ink. And what? it's just it's just awful. And then for whatever reason, whenever you need a printer, it doesn't work. Who, they drive me crazy. I'm looking at a printer it? right now and I want to hit it with a bat. Who I, whose idea was it to make something that that is so critical and convenient a literal thorn in your side from the beginning of time until forever? Like, and now they want you to pay for it monthly. Where where you like you 
you're this close to printing hamburgers in your microwave and they're still making you hate the word print like hate it google cancels cloud cloud print hp wants to make you even more angry about printing stuff at home wow just why expect an angry tweet later hp snarky goodness i almost tweeted that out but i didn't want to seem like i didn't want to see since i work for dell i didn't want to seem like the one that was just like do you work for the dell printer division (laughs) no i don't but i mean that that's that's crazy to me but speaking of printing burgers in your microwave wrong word yeah um (laughs) mcdonald's is now investing in um did you see that like the veggie like i don't know printing meat with with like I don't know what, like vegetable oil or something. Oh, I'm sure it's similar what? What to they call the, it? like the, the beyonds Mc... of the world, but it's a, uh, it's a veggie burger. It's, it's or a something? non, well, it's not, it's protein, right? It's just plant proteins. It's, yeah. it's a non, uh, animal based meat. Burger. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a thing. There's like impossible. What, burgers. Right. So oh, McDonald's yeah. is releasing how's their gonna, own. How's that going to go over with the McDonald's fan base though? If it uh... tastes like chemical meat, well, question: Have, they have, have I noticed you had an Impossible Burger? Yeah, I have. Uh, no, but I've had a veggie burger. I've had like one of those bean-based burgers or one something. Bean well, the yeah, Impossible Burgers are, I mean, all, basically yeah. a meat substitute. I mean, they're very, oh, sure. very close. I actually had one, my first one a few weeks ago. Um, I cooked it on the grill, which means that no one could eat it but me. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I actually was very surprised. Speaking as someone who. Yeah. I, I think most people, at least that know me, wouldn't think I would even eat uh, one of those types of burgers, and and I was actually surprised by it. I, I was it was probably ninety percent the same type of uh, mm. texture and taste. That, so I was. That's how I would say that too. Yeah. That, so I had one. I forget at a bar or restaurant. Someone actually just said, "Hey, they have these on the menu, and they're actually really good." And I said, "Well, hey, why not?" So I tried it, and and I think I would put it in the same boat. I'd say that is not the same as like. The, the meats you buy in the store that's 97, 93% fat, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and it certainly isn't the same as, you know, like my, my family's cattle's ground beef, that kind of stuff. But it was close enough that, uh, and, and I was ragging on McDonald's there. I can't remember the last time I had a McDonald's hamburger, so I don't know if they taste like yeah. chemicals or not. But no, I, I think yes. as long as it's close <laughs> enough, like, yeah, who cares? And especially if, if it's either in line with cost and things like that, I mean, yeah, I, McDonald's still serves well, it should like be cheaper a billion people every two seconds. So yeah, if yeah, they're maybe. serving that many, I'm sure millions of them are, are into this. Which is cool. It should be significantly cheaper, right? I would think you so. Know, having to deal with the whole cattle industry. Well, if and someone by from the Impossible way, Burgers, let us know if you're printing your meat because I would like to know now. And I feel I like lo- that maybe is. Well, thing. I think I think we actually know the official spokesperson for Veggie Burgers. That's <gasps> at VTMD. If y'all want to reach out to him on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> hit him up. And I think if you if you're like one of the first 400 that reach out to him, he will ship you free Veggie Burgers. Oh, that's, that's what I heard. Wow, at VTMD. That's exciting. Aaron, on the Twitter. Driving a it. bus this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at you, Tim. Hark, hark. Okay. Actual news hey, item. All right, move on. Wait, yes. no, I got a good tangent. Uh, oh, no. Not to be the evil, awful stomp on Russ's voice person, but if we're printing meat, why can't we print rockets? Which we're doing. What? So a, uh, a company, which I remember hearing about this a while ago, and I want to say we even talked about it, but we haven't touched it because they haven't been in the news for a bit, but a company called Relativity 
successfully ground tested it is it's uh mostly if not fully i think it's mostly 3d printed aeon one rocket and uh reading through the article is really cool one it passed all the tests all the things that you would expect from a ground test from a rocket firing which has a lot to do with injections and different stages and and basically highly volatile explosions and crazy crap so the fact that it got through it is uh, a huge, huge boon for them. Um, also, I guess they were set back significantly in testing and timelines because of COVID and shutdown. And so people didn't think they were actually going to get around to that. This, uh, I guess it was supposed to be summer, but there was some speculation that they might not ha- have it done this year. They did. It went well. They're, they're actually on the hook uh, to produce a much, much larger rocket engine. And their sort of whole shtick is being able to print most of the entire spacecraft. Uh, so How? the rocket being the most difficult part. Yeah, so this article didn't get into it enough, but I'm dying to actually dig into it. And as always, if anyone out there knows a lot about this or just is passionate about it and wants to come on the show and talk about it, like what a fun crossover. 3D printing, rocketry obviously space um and that's, that's really burgers. cool <laughs> and, <laughs> and obviously they'll have printed meat on board which is what they call it they called it the mcplant which oh, doesn't seem ooh, delicious at all oh no i feel I like they have a better branding than that yeah it's bad <laughs> all right uh, what, well what did you want I don't, to I don't to trust Russell? yeah i don't trust uh printers at all as we discussed earlier so i'm not jumping on a printed <laughs> rocket uh, however uh so there was <laughs> another apple event Ah, yesterday yes. that's apple like I one, think the 15th event in the last two months uh from apple because each individual product is getting its its own event these days yeah. since why are they doing that I, probably because they don't have to good hold thing it or bad thing. in person well okay so there were delays i mean i know exactly why right so there were delays in the production of the new iphone so that couldn't meet the typical september launch so that came out in october mm-hmm. and then they had acquired or they, they had decided to go down the arm route I forget if they acquired somebody through the process. My brain's not working on that <laughs> this morning. But they needed more time to develop and uh, and build out their ARM-based uh, laptops to be able to announce and then make immediately available. So okay. that's what was yesterday. And, that's, and they almost acknowledged it and made fun of themselves in the process by saying the, the event was called One More Thing. <laughs> right. So it's like, oh, by the way, PS, PPS, One More Thing. So. It can't be a PS. PlayStation already had their event. Postscript. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I think the the big thing here is one. I think it's interesting how quickly they're they're rolling out the ARM based. Yeah. Rack. And and really, what I wanted to discuss was really your your opinions on the idea of ARM based computers. I've used an ARM based computer in a, a Chromebook, and I actually really like the idea of it. So as much as I rag on Apple all yeah. the time, I'm incredibly mm-hmm. interested in in just kind of this space and how this ends yeah. up working out for them. Because everything except for the fact that they still haven't included a touchscreen, which if I'm honest, I don't actually care much about on, yeah. on laptops. I do know a lot of people that do. And I do use one from time to time on my work PC. In fact, I used it yesterday on an all-hands call, flipped it around, walked on the treadmill while the AHOD was going on, and I was able to use the touchscreen to sort of navigate and, and make that work. So I'm surprised they didn't include that. Uh, unfortunately, no. Maybe one day, <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, just the normal boring linear yeah. treadmill. And so, so what, what are your boring. thoughts on that? The, the yeah. arm side of things. 
I got some thoughts on that real quick. So the the arm thing, I th- I think is a good route, and I'm not again a, a that's not my space, right? That's not what I think about every single day. Um, but when I think about what you know, even from an enterprise server perspective, right, the diversification of capabilities from mm-hmm. processing um, perspective is important. And then also um, with the changing types of workloads, I think you know, and that's where you've seen the. Um, uh, the TPUs and the FPGAs and the um, the uptick in using GPUs and the different types of uh, CPUs for the different types of workloads and different types of use cases, I think is important, right? Now, is Apple doing the right thing here? I don't know. That's yet to be seen. The di- The thing that I did see in their announcement, I watched um, probably the first half of it before I had to get on another call, was their marketing was a little sus, <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Right, so they would they would they would compare. There, there was no labels on the x and y axis, which bothers me. And you get half of That's your points chart, deducted. No. Yeah, it's not a chart, right? And then the the proc that they are showing you, they're comparing to, and they would it was very vague. They would say uh, the the most popular selling laptop CPU, right? Oh no, that I know exactly which one that so, one is. That's that one yeah. that's made by that company. But exactly right. They're saying the most popular selling, right? So they're comparing a, I guess, a performance, what they're trying to pitch as a performance thing against a most popular thing. So it's, I mean, it's apples and oranges all day long on that. Yeah. Pretty dumb. So, um, and their claims were kind of out of this world, man. Um, If they're actually able to do some of those things, um, you know, on a 13 inch laptop, uh, 20 hours of video playback uh, Mm. with it. Uh, and, and they they have there was something within the um, CPU capability that was almost like those um, those like E mode um, V8s that you'll see right where like if you're cruising on the highway it'll shut off four cylinders that's what my brain immediately kind of corresponded it to so I mean there's some interesting things man you know I wouldn't be surprised if we see this as a wider adoption I'm really curious to see how this tests in the field okay so now I'm beating myself up for having read this on my phone and only absorbing as much as I'm interested because I, I find it curious, you know, their move to ARM, obviously I think it will be successful if it is as power efficient and powerful as they're indicating and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but it's not something that, it's not something I get passionate about. I share that with you, Aaron, right? Like I, I think yeah. it's, it's great. It's cool. I do think that proliferation of options is just generally good. Um, but anyways, I was reading an article that actually named the chips that it was comparing it to uh, instead of being super vague. And it said that the first past performance results of the X, X1, right? Is the the, M, they're the, calling it an M1. Uh, M1, M1, M1 yeah. sorry. It doesn't make any sense, right? And, yeah, and MKBHD so, actually talked about the naming there. <laughs> naming convention. It's a little confusing. Yeah. yeah. So so the M1, um, it, it it's killing it. Um, so, and now I'm desperately trying to find the name of the article, uh, because it, it actually was saying that it is quite, quite fast and it is very promising and they are looking forward to doing more testing on it and hitting some of the more traditional benchmarks, I guess. But, um, if, if those first pass results are what they are, I mean, literally the summary of the article is effectively, it is so obvious from the performance differential to like the top of the line Intel and AMD chips right now on the market without understanding, you know, if it is the most powerful current gen Apple 
silicon, right? Because that was one of the things they pointed out is that they were a little vague about whether or not this was even the most capable chip that they had uh, or, or were near releasing. Yeah, and, I don't think um, it is. It was, it was significantly further ahead than the latest i7s and the, the latest, uh, what I, AMD that were just yeah. slipped out of my head, but they're, they're branded. So they basically just said it, it was a no-brainer for them to move their, their own silicon based on that metric alone. And so if, if they're really that far ahead, even if it's just for a little while, then, I mean, how can you knock it, right? If it's yeah. What do you think about the integrated RAM? Powerful. What do, you, what do you think about the fact that the RAM is actually in the 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 It's the product, in the right? computer. It's in the computer. <laughs> the files are in the computer. Uh, I actually didn't oh see gosh. the details on that, I other than uh, I saw Nick well, just tweet something what? out. So I, I tagged yeah. tagged you, Bewley, so that you could clarify it for us. So what's it? Just deal? means if you pick eight gigs of RAM, for instance, then your CPU is going to come with eight gigs of RAM in the you know the the system on a chip, right? And that's yeah, it. And if you ever it, want more, then you need a new processor. Yeah. So, processor so that, that has 16 gigs of RAM in it or whatever. That was the stuff that I read too, um, which I think I think has some pretty substantial downsides potentially, but I also think, you know, put the qualifier of to be seen whether or not this really impacts people yeah. in the field. Um, but if if I read it right, it's it's an extension of I think it was the L3 cache through 128k bus, which is cool. Um, but it's not just eight gigs of L3 cache, uh, which would be absurd. Would be, L3, they they bumped insane. the L3. Oh yeah, obviously. Like that. If that was the case, then I, you know, table flipping, awesome. That that would be incredible. Yeah. But I also think that would be a manufacturing <laughs> jump that's off the charts, well, right? And so how this often is are cool. people upgrading their RAM in a laptop? Well, well that's the problem is that you don't. Is, if you can't, most people you, don't. You swap yeah. your laptop out when it starts exactly. to, you know, yeah. kill itself. So, so the problem with this that I see is that right out of the gate, and and I'll give William Lamb some credit here. Well, lots of people Not like to use. Uh, okay. Lots of people like to use uh, Apple Minis, or at least they used to Apple Minis uh, as um, like ESXi farm sort of computers, right? Well, yep. memory is a very distinct and very real limiting factor, and the largest memory footprint you can get in these latest releases are 16 gigs, which is woefully insufficient for stuff like that. Now, does that matter to the general public? Probably not, but it highlights an issue, which is if applications like Chrome, as an example, continue to be as memory hungry as they are, it doesn't really matter how bloody fast your memory is. You're going to hit a wall. Right. Yeah. And, and it's important. I, I tell people this all the time, uh, especially my friends who are traditionally like, you know, gaming PC enthusiasts. So they build all their own stuff. They're like, well, I'll just buy this thing and I'll swap this thing mm-hmm. out. I'm like, mm-hmm. if you're buying an ultra book, you need to buy the specs you want today. Yeah. Um, because you're you're going to be usually in a pretty tough spot to to do any real like tangible forms of of self upgrade. But I wanted to touch on the twenty hours of battery life. Um, I I think just the way I think y'all said that it seemed like you were maybe suspect. I don't I don't think that's no. I'm not difficult no, to believe. I just think that, it's a dude. dumb. I think it's a dumb thing to to highlight. Twenty hours. Oh, okay. Back. Yeah, I was gonna say because we have video processing I mean, is so low effort at this point. Like, why why do we even publish that? Well, see the thing. The thing for them as well is like from a performance spec standpoint, they are really touting the GPU improvements. And if they're comparing that to Intel, it's just dumb because Intel well, basically doesn't have well, one. So don't forget, it's, it's twice. It's twice what it was previously. 
right? So it's just so comparing to themselves the laptop, kind of thing? Yeah, they're, they're comparing it to themselves saying the previous laptop that didn't have this proc was 10 hours of video playback. Now it's yeah, yeah, 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, with, I understand that. The, the, the MacBook Pro 16-inch 2019, I'm looking at a chart here, shows 11 hours is what they get. Whereas like the number one battery life champ is the Dell Latitude 9510 at 18 hours and 17 minutes. Oh, so... You know, and, and there's a handful that have been north of 15 for a few years now uh, in, in that regard. So I, I think it's an interesting metric for laptops and ultrabooks and, and certainly anything that's larger form factor meant to be multi-use because I, I feel like most people at this point, and, and this is fine because it's a hint at what's to come, I'm sure, but you're, you're going to get a tablet if you're just going to be streaming videos sure. for 20 hours right and uh, why yeah. wouldn't it's you just go the Netflix tablet if that's the only thing you're going to do exactly so yeah. you don't I, I don't go out of my way to consume netflix on a laptop in fact that that actually kind of sounds awful yeah i think so. so this is where we could dedicate an entire episode where i yell at both of you um <laughs> like I, every one of my devices is is geared towards some way shape or form of consuming media like walking around my home and either having i have a galaxy tab s7 i have an ipad 2018 ipad pro 2018 and then i have various laptops and in, in any capacity, any one of them, depending on which one's charged at that moment, will have some form of Twitch or college football or college basketball on them as I'm walking around the house chasing my two-year-old daughter. So there is an element of like these specs that is important to understand, especially for me as a consumer. Like When I'm going to buy something, I will look for the Dell Latitude 9510 that can run for 18 hours because I don't want to have to worry about my battery as I am consuming that media. It's also why I prefer 16 by 9 or 16 by 10 over the three by two aspect ratio displays is because I I'm primarily going to have media consumption as the thing that I care about the screen for. So that aspect ratio is much more desirable, even though the overall productivity enhancements of a three by two display is, is often argued as dramatically better because you get so much more height on the screen. Whereas I'm losing real estate for one of my primary use cases. So once again, you're both wrong. Okay. Well, let's, let's jump <laughs> off of that. And, talk, and try to cover as many other things as we can before we uh, lose one of us to a call. I saw this, thought it was pretty interesting. Hyundai reportedly in talks to buy um, SoftBank-owned Boston Dynamics, which I thought Google <gasps> originally owned. Did they? Was but that... I don't know. For some reason, I thought that they had originally owned them and then didn't. SoftBank, though. Maybe Anyway, they but them. yeah, SoftBank, that's kind of the weird one, right? SoftBank owns Boston Dynamics, but Hyundai is looking to buy them. And don't forget too, Hyundai is not just a car brand. That's what most people, as soon as they hear it, are going to think of. Well, but it's a major corporation, all, all sorts of stuff. I mean, they do oh, yeah. um, shipbuilding. Uh, yeah. I think they have construction. They have refineries. They do plastics, uh, all kinds of stuff. So SoftBank's also be... been on like a 50% per percent off sale uh, the last few <laughs> as they've been offloading <laughs> so many of their assets that they own. So that's probably why we're seeing them in the news a couple of different times because they also were the primary sellers of uh, ARM, if I'm not mistaken. So hmm. they definitely have had some big ones out there that they've been offloading through. I'm assuming they had some potentially poor investments through COVID that are causing them to sort of liquidate some of these, yeah. these assets they have. Cool. Uh, interesting. Good, good. I, I know um, Hyundai a while back had um, some pretty cool humanoid robots uh, like the Hondas and stuff like that. I wonder, well, I assume that this is kind of walking down that path too. Um, that's interesting though. I, I would expect 
a manufacturer like that from South Korea, if they were going to purchase it, I would have I would have guessed Mitsubishi Heavy Industries before Hyundai too. Um, that's really that's okay. got my what? got my gears spinning. I got another one for you. Um, in today's episode of Stop Breaking the Law, an ex-Microsoft engineer gets nine years in prison after using <laughs> digital currency scheme to buy a $1.6 million lakefront home, $160,000 Tesla, which I didn't realize you could spend that much on it. Uh, but yeah, he stole more, than, yeah, stole more than $10 million worth of digital currency uh, from Microsoft. 26 years old. From Microsoft. Yes. Yeah. Worth uh, of digital currency from his ex-employer, it says. Ah, interesting. Uh, did it? Did I? Did you get details? How did he get caught? Um, I have the details of his name, which again I'm not going to try to pronounce. Oh, no, I will. Sorry, Volodymyr Kvashuk, a 26 year old software developer and Ukrainian citizen who worked for Microsoft from 2016 to 2018. He took advantage of a testing program for their online retail sales platform. He was uh, living in Washington at the time, uh, Renton, Washington, and he stole currency stored value, such as Microsoft gift cards and resold them online. $10 ah. million dollars worth. Wow. Yeah. He said after seven months of illegal activity, however you pronounce this guy's last name, transferred about $2.8 million in Bitcoin to his bank and investment accounts. He filed fake tax forms and said the Bitcoin was a gift from a relative. Microsoft nice. investigators were able to crack the case and confronted him in May of 2018. He was fired a month later. So they they figured this out while he was still employed. Uh, Wait, they nice. fired him a month after? Yes. So he, he lasted he lasted a month. Dude. <laughs> what? Okay. okay. Come on, you I don't, don't have to go off on a to work through that. Yes. But the amount of things that I have seen where people don't get immediately fired on the spot just like blows my mind. And maybe there's a reason for this. But oh, all he did was steal boatloads of money, Aaron. Is it that bad? Maybe they waited until they proved it. It's only nine million. I mean, how, does Microsoft even notice that? Come on, let's be honest. Ten million and nine years in prison. Do you think that's? Do you think that's good? Uh, oh, nice number of prisons. Okay, this gets worse. <laughs> It says stealing from your employer is bad enough, but stealing and making it appear that your colleagues are to blame oh, widens the damage beyond dollars. Ouch! Ouch! Yeah, that hurts. Um, that's, uh, I, you know, how did he blame his? I'm not going to defend the guy, right? Because that sounds pretty awful. No and, one's asking uh, you to. No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> but but I, I'm I'm just going to say it, it is interesting to me that a re Ukrainian born 26 year old is the one who's getting hammered for financial crimes related to uh, what I'm sure also amounts to tax fraud and other things. Since that was probably a huge slip up in all of this, but um, yeah, I, I it's nine years. Nine million. I don't know. I, I think I'd have to look at what laws he actually broke um, to, to figure out whether or not that seems like an eighteen or not. Eighteen federal felonies. Yeah, that'll that'll do it. That doesn't seem that bad for eighteen federal felonies. So maybe he got away <laughs> easy. Ouch. In, in, in any way, shape, or form, it was a bad day for him. Yeah. Well, it looks like he had a couple of good days before that. I didn't quite understand it. what you meant after defense attorney Gates got on the case, and you were talking about. Did you expect that from him because he was Ukrainian? Or no, 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 no. no. I, I'm That's just I saying. I, I 
we I don't feel like we see enough financial crime cases actually coming to fruition. It's oh. it's surprising. <laughs> that to sounded me. like you wanted more. You're like, well, you no, know, we I, really just don't see enough of this stuff. <laughs> we do, I think we see plenty you're, of crime. You're, I just don't think we that, see it come to fruition. I, I don't think yeah. you see a lot of this being carried through. So uh, it's almost like the only reason this guy is in jail for breaking 18 federal crimes is that it was Microsoft's money and Microsoft figured it out. So you're saying this happens a lot more often and people don't I think catch so. it. Yeah. yeah. Or or we don't even pursue it, right? Like yeah. Microsoft seems Dude. to have been the reason that this one came to an end. So at roughly the same level, I used to work at Old Navy and I showed up for my shift once and this person, I like literally I'm reaching to go open the door to pull you know, to pull the door open to walk into the store and this person busts out. It was like I was in an action movie. You know, <laughs> I, I, I expected like, this is a scene from Die Hard or something, right? And I expect Bruce Willis to like come flying through the glass right after this. But they burst out of the door with a bag. So this was back when Old Navy used to offer you a shopping bag. They had it overflowing stuff like clothes are flying everywhere. This car pulls up, they jump in the in the back seat and I'm I have the wherewithal to just kind of turn around and look at the license plate. And I walk in, talk to my manager and they're like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. Like what? Like you're not even going to yeah. call the police and report it. And they're like, yeah. I mean, if the police find the car and they pull them over uh, for this suspected theft or whatever, and they don't have anything, then mm -hmm. they get knocked for it. And, and I was just like, what? And so, you know, probably roughly equivalent to what you're talking about whenever people are stealing millions of dollars. I think it's very like, similar eh. actually. Yeah. yeah, could be. It could be. But I'm curious how much that happens, though. I, my guess okay. is that it happens a whole, whole lot right now. I would agree. Especially as uh, as companies invest in more digital currency and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I think I think the technical prowess that some of the people in the back end have, and then the access that they've got, uh, there's no no dearth of yeah. admin rights everywhere kind of stories too. Um, th this kind of theft is probably happening left and right. So it's actually kind of surprising to see one end in jail time. Well, if any of our listeners are um, top-notch professionals in white-collar crime, we would love to talk to you. That would be awesome. But it's going to have to wait until next time or later because that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. I think I said podcast. Or yeah, you did. Hey, I don't want to hate on you, but you mess it up every time. Not podcast every time. A real I think podcast. I got it right once. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, you got it right. Shout out to Nameless. That's true. At least one time. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Let's all say. Anyways, thanks for listening, y'all. This was fun. It's always fun. We love having you. We love that you're listening, that you're subscribing, that you're supporting us on Patreon. Thank y'all for doing that, by the way. And come visit us on Friday. We're going to have another episode for you. Have a great week. Oh, this will be a fun one. We have a funny individual joining us. That's a weird Since way to we're say not that. funny. Good, good tease. Good tease. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Peace. Later. <laughs>